and welcome everyone. This is the Ace in the Wild podcast. I am Desi, your host. For this episode, I've really kind of been struggling about what I want to talk about. As many of you know who have listened to this podcast before, this isn't all about asexuality. I cover a whole plethora of topics. And today is one of those occasions where I kind of go down the rabbit hole. The topic of today is something that I have struggled with in the past. And I'm going to be referring to an individual whose career I've followed for a while now. This is somebody that was well-respected. He was a pioneer for his time. And this This is somebody who has basically ruined his life, destroyed his friendships, and alienated those around him. This is one of those occasions where I should probably put up a trigger warning for some people who have experienced trauma, because what I'm going to be talking about is a very widely and commonly used drug, which is unique among other drugs, because not only is it destructive to oneself, it is also equally, if not more, destructive to others around. This is something that has ruined countless lives for millennia now. It has broken up families, and many societies and religions have banned it. The topic of today is alcoholism. And the reason why I'm choosing to talk about this is because it's something that has nearly ruined my life. I consider much of my 20s to be lost because of this substance. This is time I cannot get back, and I find myself regretting my choices to this day. I consider my loneliness, my depression, and many other things that afflicted me during my 20s and early 30s to be directly correlated to this substance. And only now, for the past year, I guess, have I really gained some sort of mastery over it. This is a substance that is commonly used in the queer community for people that don't have support, for people that are thrown out of their homes because of their identities and whatnot. It's something that is common in a lot of popular queer culture, especially in the club environment from the podcasts and the media that I've listened to. Gay men are especially prone to abuse alcohol. Of course, I'm not saying all, but it seems to be a part of that culture. And for a group of people who are already marginalized, and for many who are thrown out of their homes, who have no familial ties, who are disowned and whatnot, and are extremely depressed because of it, it is very easy to turn to the bottle when you don't have any support and you really want to just get rid of these nasty emotions that are plaguing you. Alcohol does serve as kind of a big, heavy, wet blanket when you just do not have the bandwidth to deal with pesky emotions and trauma. But of course, it's a double-edged sword. While it does temporarily relieve stress and pain, long-term only makes things worse, especially in my circumstances. And just as sort of a prelude, because I'm starting to just go off on a tangent already, the person who I'm covering is somebody who was well-respected in his community. He was regarded as a very intelligent, kind, and generous individual. The more research I've done, I've watched a couple of documentaries on him, the more I realize that his early life kind of led to his abuse of alcohol. And also he is a bit of a victim of the streaming culture, which I will talk about later. And this person was probably the biggest inspiration for me to quit alcohol. And the man I'm going to be talking about today is not particularly well known in society at large. He is not a pop culture reference. He is sort of like Christian, where he is popular in the online circles. And this man is known as Brian Risso or Only Use Me Blade. The Only Use Me Blade name came from when he played a video game called Call of Duty back in the day. And he would only use a knife rather than weapons. Call of Duty is a game where you use guns and all sorts of like modern weapons. And this individual was so good at the game that he would only use a melee weapon or a knife because he basically needed a handicap. And just as intro, I don't want to go too much into his early life. This is not a documentary, but he was born in 1983. He'll be 40 this year. 
His father died when he was young, so he had lack of a paternal influence. I believe his mother struggled with alcohol. He, I guess he had a pretty normal upbringing. He started using recreational marijuana when he was in high school, which is pretty common. He was born in the state of Washington, where there is a big weed culture here. I can confirm that personal experience when I was in high school. He was quite popular. He was basically in school, he was sort of a slacker because of the drug use, obviously. And he actually got a lot of grief from his teachers because they saw that he was an intelligent individual. He just did not imply himself. I can relate to this a bit because I did not really apply myself because I found most of the classes boring. This is something that I guess Brian and I have in common. I was not a marijuana user in high school, but I also played a lot of video games and school really kind of bored me outside of a few classes. Chemistry, I think, in high school is the only class I did really well in, at least in my senior year, because I thought it was interesting. The rest of the classes I found boring and mundane, and the teachers that I had really weren't passionate about their topics. So it is what it is. It's one of the flaws of our school system, but that's a whole other topic and it's not really related to this podcast. But needless to say, Brian had struggles in school, and he got in with the wrong crowd because of drug use. At this time, marijuana was illegal in the state of Washington. This is early 2000s, or late 90s, actually. And this crowd eventually became into harder drugs. Brian, I don't believe, got into these sort of drugs, but he was already involved with this group. And of course, not having two parents and a mother who's working all the time really didn't help his situation. This is quite common. And in 2003, he was charged with burglary, being an accomplice in burglary, and he was sentenced to 24 months in jail, and part of which he served in prison. He was in his early 20s, 20 years old at this time, and he had already had a felony on his record, so finding a job, finding a place to live was basically impossible. This is a problem with our legal system, it's a problem with our society, is that people who make mistakes when they're young and have a felony on the record are basically screwed for the rest of their life. So Brian had a very hard time finding jobs, finding work, finding a place to live, and he basically had to find what he could. And as soon as they looked up his record and found that he had a felony, he would get fired from whatever job he had. So it was almost impossible for him to maintain a steady supply of income. His mother at this time moved into a retirement home, but Brian was not allowed to live with her because, of course, he had a felony. He also did not stop smoking marijuana during this time. What he would do, because he was being actively urine tested, is he would smoke a bunch right after the first test and then just stop smoking and wait for the next test, and he was able to avoid detection that way. Eventually, he did find a job installing home theaters and as a bouncer. These jobs allowed him some form of income, but he was fired from his bouncer job because evidently the daughter of the owner was hitting on him. The truth of this is suspect because Brian is known to embellish, but Brian is a very charming, intelligent individual, and it was only a matter of time before he found someone who eventually would take him under his wing. And in 2008-2009, he started streaming video games. One of these games was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Black Ops. I myself played this game in college, and it was very good, probably to the detriment of my grades. He was able to get a streaming setup, to buy a console and whatnot from his income, and he became a very popular game streamer probably one of the most popular at the time. I've watched some of his streams. He's very talented. He is very intelligent. He was not really using drugs. I don't know. He might have been smoking marijuana, but he's obviously pretty sober when he was doing these, and his real personality showed. Very charming, very funny, very crude, of course, because he's a gamer, but very entertaining to watch for those of you who like video games. His early streams were at the time, they were a little bit dated, but they were new content, they were innovative, and they were a lot of fun because he would only use a melee weapon in a game with a bunch of guns. 
and that just showed what his skill level was at. Eventually, he was offered a contract by a company who pays streamers. I think it's called Machinima. And he was able to earn a living that way. And of course, already with his popularity, he was able to do the thing he loved most, which is playing games and get paid for it. And life was looking pretty good for him at this point. Eventually, he got in variety with other streamers, mainly one by the name of DJ Keemstar. He was also on a podcast called Painkiller Already, which is a very popular gaming podcast that is still active to this day. He was on several times, and him and Keemstar, or Daniel Keem is actually his real name for those who want to look him up. And him and Keemstar became such good friends that he eventually moved to Buffalo to live near and with Keemstar and do podcasts with him. He did a big gamers challenge called the Millionaire's Challenge, where he and several other gamers played for a $10,000 prize. Unsurprisingly, because he was using a knife in a game where you use guns, he did not win this contest, but it was super fun and he gained a lot of notoriety from it. And I just kind of want to pause and reflect here because Brian was in his late 20s. He was doing his dream job of playing video games. He was living with his best friend and doing podcasts. He had a stable income. He was actually on a couple of reality TV shows. He was well-respected and well-regarded in the community. And I would say this is sort of the apex, sort of the high tide of his life. And at this point, this is where things start to get a little bit rocky for him. The first issue was is that Call of Duty, the game he was playing, was becoming outdated and it was not as popular anymore. He was losing views because he was playing what was known as a dead game. People had moved on to newer games, different genres. The Call of Duty franchise had, in my opinion, released the best of his games by this point. And there were new options for gamers, and Brian's content, or Only Use Me Blade's content, was just not as popular as it used to be. And it was at this time that somebody suggested to him that he start doing what's called drunk streams. He already had an audience, but his audience was starting to wane because of his content, which was old. So what Brian did in order to keep his income up is he started doing what's called fire sales. And in these situations, he would ask the chat for donations, and each donation he would get, he would take a shot of Jägermeister. And Jägermeister, for those of you who don't know, is a type of liqueur, it's a type of alcohol that it has like, I've never had it before, but it has like a licorice taste that goes down pretty smooth, and Brian had liked it before. At this time, Brian wasn't really known for being an alcoholic, although his close friends knew that he had a problem. But it's one of those situations where it was not a part of his persona. It was just something that he, you know, sort of did when he went to parties and whatnot. His friend Keemstar knew that he had a problem, but instead of really trying to help him, he just was like, okay, well, this is a way you could earn more money since you're kind of hilarious when you're drinking alcohol. So this was not the best move by Keemstar. And to this day, he kind of denies it because he kind of knew that he screwed his friend over by doing this. So Brian became known from being a popular gaming content producer to a popular drunk streamer. And yes, he was able to recoup some of his losses for when Call of Duty became less popular, but at the same time, he started coming just known as a drunk. And while he was known as a very kind, kind of big teddy bear persona when he was sober, very intelligent, thoughtful, funny, he was just a complete different person when he was drunk. He was verbally abusive, he would use slurs, he would constantly talk down and belittle people. Just a sort of Mr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde comparison. In one particular episode, he had a girl on, and he repeatedly used the N-word. He was completely blackout wasted, and it was so bad that she had to quit the stream with him, and this is where his reputation started to become really marred. 
he started losing his sponsorships. He lost his Twitch affiliation, which, for those of you who don't know, is a popular streaming service. And this is where he was making a lot of his money. And basically, he lost it because he did an inappropriate act to himself that was sexual while he was completely cross-faded and drunk. Cross-faded is where you combine alcohol and marijuana. It is not a good combination. Do not try it. I did this in my 20s. It is not good. It, you will probably throw up. But of course, Brian by this time had such a high tolerance for alcohol that it really didn't matter. Brian was already sort of a heavy individual, but he really started to become completely out of shape. He really started to let himself go. He wasn't active anymore, and he just started to gain a lot of weight. And not only that, but he started to lose a lot of muscle. Basically, he would get so drunk on stream that he would literally pass out in front of the camera. This man was drinking 10 to 12 shots up to a whole bottle. Jägermeister and even more because of his tolerance and he was getting paid for it. And this is one of those instances of schadenfreude where people were just loving the mess that this man had become. His viewers to just not get enough of watching this once popular, once well-regarded streamer become a complete drunken mess. And this is where... It's really sad and a bit triggering on my part is because Brian really didn't have any recourse at this point. His most popular streaming service, his game, had become obsolete. Unfortunately, he had not adapted to current trends. This is something that's quite common among people who stream online. And in order to keep his income up, his main source of income, he resorted to basically making an ass out of himself for money and destroying his body, destroying his health. And it's not like he could go back into the private sector because, one, he had a felony. And to top it off now, with all of his racial slurs, with all of the stuff that was readily available online, how on earth was he going to get a job in the private sector with all this out on the internet? And here's where I really want to do a little bit of self-reflection. My early 20s, I think, were kind of the pinnacle of my life at that point. I had had a lot of trouble making friends in high school, but in college, I had had a solid friend group. I had had my first relationship, and I think every weekend my friends would come over and we'd hang out in my apartment, and we would drink, we would go on walks, it was wonderful, they were great to be around. It was basically the highlight of my 20s, it was when I was about 23, 24, fresh out of college, tons of opportunity ahead. And at this time, alcohol was not something I really did as a habit. It was more of something of a special occasion where my friends would come over. We would drink in excess, yes, but it was more of a social thing where we would just have fun. We'd play video games, we'd watch movies, and we would just enjoy each other's company. But eventually, the same old, same old started happening every weekend, and they wanted to do things, and I just wanted to sit around and drink. And of course, they found partners that they're still with to this day. And me, being the confused ace that I was at the time, just wanted things to continue the way they were. I didn't really have a strong desire to be in a relationship again after my last one. I was very much struggling with my identity. And now my best friends were gone. And I was very, 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 very lonely. At this time, I had entered my profession in real estate. The person that I worked for was ex-military, so if I was a couple minutes late because of traffic, my commute was over an hour, and this was a job paid on commissions, I would get a dressing down. The person that I worked for was sort of the poster boy of toxic masculinity. He was a gentleman in his late 60s, early 70s, and he sort of lived two separate lives as a family man to his wife, but his wife basically ran the household and sort of ran him, which is probably good because I don't know how, how <laughs> I don't know how successful he would be without his wife. 
I'm not certain, but this man did like to drink after work, and I'm not certain if he had an alcohol problem, but his wife certainly did not like him going to the bar every night after work. And she would often complain. This man was a prodigious spender. He would buy random crap all the time, which he would put at his office to hide from his wife. He even had like a full-on train set, like dozens of train sets that he would have in his office to hide from his wife because he was just a compulsive spender. And I don't want to really go too much on this because this isn't about him. But needless to say, he would take out his anger of his wife controlling his life and his situation on my co-worker and I. He was verbally abusive. He was manipulative. He was not a bad person. I'm not going to say that. He did get me into my profession. But Combined with my friends leaving me, my boss kind of being an ass, my own father being verbally abusive, being in a household with alcoholism, the combination sort of set me on a bad path. So 22, 23, 24 was sort of the high water mark of my 20s where I had a friend circle, I had a social network, I was fresh out of college, I had optimism, and then of course it didn't last. And alcohol became a crutch rather than something I used on special occasion. I would drink every night, and this got to the point of being excessive. I think in my late 20s, I was drinking what's equivalent to eight glasses of wine per night. I would constantly wake up with hangovers, and my depression in my late 20s and early 30s became very, very bad. At this point, my lack of productivity started to bleed over into my work, and because of my depression, which was only worsened by my alcohol abuse, I was essentially terminated from my first job, not directly because of it, although it didn't help. What I would do is I would have a job that was due in two weeks, and I'd wait until the last minute to do it, and this, of course, affected my quality of work. And I went to a new company, and unfortunately, I, there was an influx of workers, so I wasn't really high in the totem pole of work, so I was not making a whole lot of money. And I would say that this is the low point of my entire life, is during this period, from about 28 to 31. I was not motivated to go out and find additional work. I would say one out of every three days, I'd wake up with a hangover. And by this time, I saw my one friend a couple of times every few months, and my other friend basically was completely gone by this time. So while this is not a perfect mirror of Brian's experience, it is similar in where I had reached sort of a high, and then alcohol had basically caused me to fall into a very destructive cycle. And unfortunately, I wasn't getting paid for it, but at the same time, I also wasn't ruining my reputation or getting into too much trouble. Eventually, Brian going back to him now, due to his reputation loss, due to his lack of sponsorships, became even more desperate to sort of maintain his living standard, and he became affiliated with the crowd of this gentleman by the name of Ice Poseidon, who at the time, late 2017, 2016-ish, was basically the king of what's called IRL streaming. IRL streaming is basically where you walk around, you're constantly on camera, you have a Twitch, or you have a sort of live streaming service follow you around, and people basically dictate what you do. You're always getting donations. People basically follow you around 24-7 on your phone, your streaming device. And Ice Poseidon's community basically was a bunch of 20-something-year-olds who didn't really have a whole lot going on. And they enjoyed like people doing stupid crap on stream to make fun of or type about or put on Reddit or whatnot. And the more of a wreck the person is, the better, because it's more entertainment, it's more content, it's what it's called. It's all for the content. 
is what the <laughs> I guess the meme is. So Ice Poseidon's community, his large community at the time, became aware of only Use Me Blade, and he was the perfect train wreck for them. And I'm I'm sort of interchanging Brian and only Use Me Blade because the two of them are similar and different. Is only Use Me Blade is sort of the persona of Brian, and it became more and more of what Brian was. Less and less of Brian, and more and more of only Use Me Blade or Blade. Brian's identity as this soft-spoken, intelligent, caring man became more of this identity of a drunk streamer who used racial slurs, did inappropriate things, and even started touching people inappropriately. This became more and more well-known. And what Ice Poseidon did is essentially, I'm going to open my house up to these streamers to come over. And it's going to be like a streaming house where all these random people come in and live with me. And we all do content. And I believe he would get like a portion of it. And by this time, Ice Poseidon was making, you know, ten to $20,000 a month. He was in his early 20s. For those of you who want to know, Ice Poseidon's story is very interesting. He was a person on the spectrum who was extremely awkward in social situations, and he just started to become an IRL streamer because he was so awkward that people loved just seeing him stumble around these social endeavors and basically make an ass out of himself. It's kind of interesting because Ice Poseidon was a very introverted, sort of quiet person, but the whole idea of IRL streaming is to be in public, and that's why he became so popular, part of the reason why. Also because he was talented and intelligent, but a lot of it was because he was on the spectrum. People just loved seeing him flailing around in social situations. Like I said, Schadenfreude is basically the reason why IRL streaming, Twitch streaming is so popular, is because people love to see other people fail in social situations. And basically just fail in life and get drunk and be obnoxious and be stupid and basically screw up their lives. To say that this community is toxic is an understatement. So Ice Poseidon and Blade meet. They go on this trip to Hawaii. At this time, Blade is 36 years old, and he is hanging out with a bunch of people in their younger 20s. This is one of those sad situations where Blade is a has-been, and I guess he's sort of trying to relive his youth by hanging out with a bunch of people in their younger 20s. And they just proceed to just get wasted on this trip. Blade does several inappropriate things. This is where his first groping allegation comes up. And on their flight back to the mainland from Hawaii, Blade is so intoxicated that he can't get out of bed. They have a flight at like 6 o'clock. Blade is so completely blackout smashed that he pees his bed. They have to pour water on him to get him out of bed. And even still, they barely make their flight. And of course, the content is huge for this. The people just love seeing these sorts of things of Blade just being a drunken ass. This is peak content for them. And because even though Blade was a complete obnoxious ass during this trip, he was so popular and he got so many views, Ice Poseidon offered to have Blade live with him. And this is what is known in Ice Poseidon's life as the Streamer House Saga. So you have a handful of successful streamers that are at Ice Poseidon's house, but he also had his house completely open to random people that would come in. And some of these people that would come into the house are which known as stream leeches. Basically small streamers who are either boring or don't have the skills to have their own successful or profitable channels have an open house basically to come into the successful streamer's house and try to get views for themselves. And Ice Poseidon at this time was not charging any rent. There was no rules or regulations. And this is where Brian's life really starts to take a negative turn. Even though it already was, this is where it really starts bottoming out. So these stream leeches, what I talked about before, these small streamers, these nobodies would come in. And Brian was very popular. 
And also Brian was approachable because Brian only used me blade was perpetually drunk at this time. He was drinking excessive amounts of alcohol during the day. He was getting paid to be drinking. He did even more groping during this time because there were girls that would come to the house. There was heavy drug use at this house as well. Eventually the police would get involved, but Brian would have these stream leechers come up to him and basically encourage him to drink, try to get him to do stupid crap to get content for their own little tiny channels. And one of the metaphors that his friend Keemstar uses, who I've mentioned before, is that this time Brian didn't really have any positive influences in his life. Think of it as like Brian having an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, but there is no angel. All you have is these streamers and these leeches who just tell Brian to drink, 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 and be stupid and be obnoxious because that's what gets content. And this is where I really want to make my first trigger warning. I'm going to start describing what's happening to Brian physiologically. By this time, he had been abusing alcohol for his streams for several years. And at this streamer house, this was basically unchecked. He had no positive influences. And some very disturbing things started happening. The first notable thing which had been happening, but had been getting exasperated, was his weight gain. He was not eating very much. His one source of calories was pretty much alcohol. So he had no muscle weight and basically all just belly weight. This is how the body stores alcohol, I believe, is primarily in the belly. So you have a man with no muscle mass, but this massive stomach. The other thing is he would stream every night and get smashed. And instead of like having a hygiene routine at nighttime, he would just pass out drunk and go to bed. And because of this, he was not practicing oral hygiene. And this man in his early career had a fairly nice set of teeth, but now at the streamer house, his teeth began to rot. There's a clip of him like opening a, an airline bottle of alcohol and literally breaking part of a tooth off. He started developing a lisp at this time because he was losing basically all of his teeth. They were literally rotting out of his jaw. You can see that when he smiled, he would literally have a bunch of black stumps and broken teeth. He also started developing signs of diabetes. One of his toes became infected. He nearly lost his toe. It became black. The toenail basically almost fell off. And he also started to get holes in his leg from untreated diabetes. And it got to the point where it was so bad that he nearly had his legs amputated. It was so bad that the introverted Ice Poseidon and his old friend Keemstar came to California and had an intervention for Blade, which of course Blade attempted to quit, but his source of income was literally drinking. Again, this man had no recourse. He had a felony on his record, and by this time his reputation was completely tarnished, so there was no chance he was going to get a job in the regular sector again. And on top of that, he was becoming a mess to behold. His legs were rotting, his toes were rotting, his teeth were completely gone by this point. He was having trouble moving around because he had no muscle because he wasn't eating properly. His sole source of calories were coming from Jägermeister. And at this time, he had lost control of his urinary functions. So he would constantly urinate in beds, urinate himself because he was so intoxicated. And he eventually started to wear adult diapers because he could not control his bladder anymore. And because of all the shenanigans that were going on at Ice Poseidon's streamer house, the police got involved and he was basically forced to shut down his operation. And now we're approaching like 2018, 2019. 
In the past five or six years, Brian had gone from a respected streamer, a content creator, somebody who's known for his intelligence, his wit, his character, to basically a drunken mess, a person who had lost all of his teeth, who had leg holes slash sores, who had nearly lost a toe. For those of you who want to look this up, this is all public information. It is not for the faint of heart, but yeah, Brian Risso slash only use me blade, leg holes, leg sore, toe. Look it up if you have the stomach for it, I guess. And after Ice Poseidon's house was shut down, they began doing RV trips. Brian met this other streamer called Bjorn, and they basically went on these streamer RV trips around the country. This became popular. It still is somewhat popular. And Brian's life improved to a lesser extent, partly because of the intervention. He sort of got medical treatment for his legs. He basically just gave up his gave up on his teeth. And today he has a set of dentures. He can't really eat hard food. He just has this mouthful of rotten teeth. And also, like, even when he's sober, his mental faculties have been impaired. He is forgetful a lot of times. There are events that people bring up that he is constantly forgetting, and this is the permanent damage that alcohol has had on his brain. He has been known to get sober for a few months and fall back on the wagon. He has a dependency, and of course, his livelihood is basically being a drunken ass. These RV trips with other streamers that he went on, he would go around the country, these people would tell him to do stupid crap, to drink excessive amounts of alcohol, and he actually got in several altercations with other streamers because when you're confined with other people in an RV for several hours, days, weeks, and you get tired of someone's crap, especially someone who is urinating himself, someone who is drunk using slurs and being an asshole, it's understandable why people lose their patience, and there are several recordings of altercations of these events where Brian gets beaten, where he gets shoved, and all the while you have these people watching these streams basically gobbling this up and encouraging them to get more and more wasted, encouraging them to get into more of these altercations because it's content and people love to watch other people fail and be stupid and basically make a mess. And one of these occasions, Brian was accused of sexually assaulting a woman. He makes several rape jokes. He instigates several physical altercations. Brian is sober. He doesn't do any of this. It's only when he's intoxicated that he is obnoxious and that he even gets somewhat violent. These streamer RV trips eventually come to an end, partially because I think people were tired of Brian slash Blade making an ass out of himself, damaging property, peeing on things, etc, etc. Brian meets up with this girl named Becky, who was actually dating one of the other streamers. Brian and her eventually hit it off. By this time, Brian was more or less trying to cut back the alcoholism and whatever after all the RV shenanigans. And of course, Becky saw the best side of him, and Brian actually eventually quit the drunk streams for a time and just spent time with what became the love of his life. And just the thing about Becky, people said that Brian was batting out of his league with her. She is very lovely, she is very calm, chill. People describe her as very physically attractive. Like I said, all this is on the internet so you can look it up. And Brian would eventually go live with her or actually live in her garage area. Brian was essentially homeless at this time, but his relationship with Becky was a glimmer of hope. But of course, him not streaming, he wasn't making any money, and he eventually started to return streaming. And this is where I really became acquainted with Only Me Blade slash Brian. I was young 30s. I myself was starting to have complications from alcoholism. 
I was starting to get dark circles under my eyes. My sleep patterns were terrible. I would stay up till three or four in the morning sometime. And I found this individual online and I was like, I do not want to end up like Brian. And actually, I've seen a lot of people who have come across his videos and seen what's happened to him, and it's encouraged them to stop drinking and better their lives. And when I found him, it really appeared that Brian was on the mend. But of course, that would all change. Him and Becky's relationship became strained. Like, Becky was the best thing that had happened to him for a long time, and it looked like he was on his way to making recovery. Eventually, though, because of monetary constraints, Becky was working, and she was kind of tired of becoming the sole provider to this guy he would just sit around all day he was still drinking and it got to the point where becky was like well if you're just going to continue drinking you might as well stream again to make some money there's a channel called irl moments if you really want to get into the rabbit hole of irl streaming and blade and becky got this rv and they started going around Washington State, where I live. Brian is a native, and I believe his mom is in need of assistance, so he started decided to stay in Washington State, and plus this is where he grew up. Eventually, Becky started to partake in these streaming events, and she would get drunk too. And it's interesting in these videos, Blade still does live streams. There, he has a channel called Only Use Me Blade 2 now, because his first channel was deleted, or actually it was taken down. And you can actually see him start out sober, start drinking, and by the end of it, he's completely smashed. Becky has to put him to bed. He yells at her, calls her names, is a complete asshole to her, and even occasionally physically gets in altercations with her. It's quite disturbing. It's Brian returning to old habits, but of course, it pays the bills. So Brian is stuck in this cycle where if he stops drinking, he doesn't earn any money. But if he keeps drinking, he destroys his body and is a complete asshole to his partner. And the really sad part about this whole situation, I've watched several interviews with Brian, is every time he tries to get clean, every time he is sober and he does a sober stream, he'll have people that come in, he'll be playing a video game and say, oh, Brian, you look so good. You know, you look so much better. You look wonderful. I'm so happy for you that you quit drinking and you're trying to improve your life. And then they leave and he gets no donations and he doesn't make any money off of his sober streams. And this is really the most heartbreaking part for me, is that Brian has on multiple times tried to better his life, but it doesn't pay. People don't pay him for being responsible. And because of our screwed up legal system, for one, that if you get a felony, you're basically screwed for the rest of your adult life, and also the toxic people on these IRL streams, the toxic people who watch these streams of these people destroying their lives and being complete assholes to one another, Brian is caught in a loop. And it's easy to say, as someone looking from afar, like, why doesn't Brian try to improve his life? Why doesn't Brian try to break this toxic cycle? I don't know if he can at this point. His father is dead. His mother's in a nursing home with early signs of dementia. He has a supportive partner, but she has children and she can't be the sole breadwinner. In my opinion, this is absolutely tragic. And it's not just him who has fallen into these cycles. There's several other people online who have sort of followed his example. These 20-year-olds, these sort of layabout people that are just like, okay, well, I want to stream myself getting completely blackout drunk. They get, you know, $100 in donations, and they drink a whole half gallon of alcohol one of these streams this up-and-coming streamer did this whole thing where he drank like a half gallon 
and he got so drunk that he passed out and became unresponsive, and eventually paramedics were called. In another stream, the same individual gets together with these RV streamers, same sort of thing that Blade was involved in, and his mom comes because she's extremely concerned that her son is hanging out with these basically drunk streamers who are encouraging her son to basically go live with them, forget his job, and go off on this RV trip. And his mom obviously wasn't having any of it, but he gets so belligerent and he actually hits her. He hits his own mother. And there's just countless streams like this. This is that culture. And imagine this kid trying to get a real job and somebody going online and seeing him striking his own mother. How do you think that's going to play out? I am getting a little bit triggered myself, but I just, this is tragic. I know this isn't necessarily an ace topic, but it's something that I've had on my mind for a while, and that's why I made this channel. Not just to talk about ace topics, but to talk about these cultural events, these sort of phenomena that go on in the world, whether it be online or in real life. So just sort of getting ready to conclude here, I'm glad that I found Brian, Only Use Me Blade. It's because he directly encouraged me to fix my bad habits and to better myself because I don't want to be like that. And I sure as hell don't want to be in a system where people watch me screw up my life for content. And it's a commentary on the society that we live in where people are paid to screw up their lives, to be failures, to abuse themselves, to destroy their bodies for the sake of entertainment. It is sick and it is deviant. A lot of people question whether how long Brian's going to be alive. I will say that Brian has alcoholism in his family, so maybe he's more resistant to the abuse that he's put on his body. But it's only a matter of time, just like when he started to lose his legs, when he almost lost his toe, before there's irreparable damage, and he is either going to be forced to quit drinking or perish. Anyways, just to kind of go back to where I am, since I have referenced my own struggles on this episode, I still do drink on occasions, but it is no longer a habit for me. I drink maybe one to two times a month on average, and really only on special occasions. It's a social thing for me. I still have temptations to drink, but the main thing that keeps me sober on those days is that I value my autonomy too much. And I like having full days where I'm present. When I was drinking, I would just have huge chunks of my day that were gone. A third of my time, I was like under a cloud, under a haze. And it's amazing how much things have slowed down. Instead of feeling like life is getting away from me, I feel like my days are fuller and my life more complete. Since I've quit drinking, I find that I am far more productive. I get up earlier in the morning. I don't stay up as late as night. I My hobbies like sewing, gardening, I find I have a lot more more energy to do those. I also find that I am more social. I find that I'm more confident. I'm more comfortable. Therapy has obviously helped with that. For the first time in my life, I'm not worried about my future. I believe that I have a lot to offer the world. I have a lot to offer society, and I have a lot to offer potential friends. And the past two years, past year and a half, especially after I've stopped drinking, I've been able to muster up the energy to go on these sites and try to find people to date, to try to find friends, and it's been fairly successful for the most part. I also joined the Washington Trails Association, and last year I went on over a dozen different hikes, which was amazing because I always want to do more hiking, and now I'm hiking and helping at the same time. I will say, and I've talked to other people, and I've addressed this 
in the past. This part of the country, Washington State, it seems that people are kind of already stuck in their cliques and it can be very difficult to make new friends. I don't know if it's the weather. I think it's also being winter. It's harder to get people to go out and do things with. But overall, I have very good friendships right now. I just wish my friends were... <laughs> one of them is in Germany and the other one is in Utah. I wish they were closer, but... I'm glad to have them in my life, and I love them very much. Anyways, I think that that's a positive sort of conclusion to this episode. I had other ideas, but I, this is the one that I had the most thoughts on. I think I will cover alcoholism again in the future. Maybe not so much post focused on a narrative. For those of you who are listening, I appreciate it. For my friends that are listening, I see you, and I love you, and I hope to see you soon. And with that, I'm going to conclude. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of the week, and I will see you on the next one. Peace and love.